Dominion Sonship coming live to you again today. We'll continue on the theme of the Word of God, confidence in the Word of God, trusting the surety of the Word of God. And today I have titled it, Made Alive by the Word of God. Made Alive by the Word of God. Made Alive we are today by the Word of God. The last couple of weeks we looked in John chapter 1 and the book of Revelation chapter 19 that Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, is the Word of God. And um, when we start bridging the gap of our understanding of Jesus over here, the one that walked earth 2,000 years ago versus this, the Bible, the written word of God, when we start bridging that gap and recognizing the oneness that, that this written word is the word that became flesh, that when Jesus came to earth, he came in the demonstration of the power of the word of God. And that without uh recognizing that Jesus is the living word and just seeing him as a man or or not understanding what it is that he's even as a son of God and that is the offspring, an offshoot of God, the very expressed image of the Father. Then we have this dichotomy of um, I want to talk to Jesus, um, but then I have to also read my Bible. So what do I do when I do it? And But when we recognize that our Father God is one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and now we live in Him as well through the Lord Jesus Christ within us, that we have become one with Him, that they have taken residence in us, then our fellowship with the Holy Spirit oftentimes looks like the reading of the Bible. The, the Holy Spirit, we've looked at this particular verse in John 15 and, and I believe in verse 16 that the Holy Spirit, let's actually go, I think I might even have it bookmarked. I often go there. John um, 16. John 16. Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit. In verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He, this is the Holy Spirit, the one that we commune with, the one that we have a desire to know more, the Holy Spirit. What is his function? It is to guide us into all truth. Well, the word of God is all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He'll take the words of Jesus. He declares to us those things that um, Jesus wants to communicate to us. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He takes of what is of Jesus and declares it to us. All things that the Father has, Jesus says, are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Well, what is of Jesus is the word of the Father. The mysteries of God, the things that we at times they are so hard to hear that we cannot bear and hear it. 
The truth of the word of God, the truth of the narrow way of this word, the exclusivity of this word alone being true, the exclusivity that this word alone is my life now as a born again child of God, that my sole persuasion is the word of God and not the local news and not the, not the weather station, not, not the, um, uh, my neighbor sayings, but this word of truth is my reality. And I have to constantly, especially in this hour on a daily basis, sometimes more than that, it can mouth the word all the time and come into it to realign your thoughts, to confirm to you that you are saved, to confirm to you that you're in your father's hand and no man can pluck you out, to confirm to you that mighty Holy Spirit lives in you and He's guiding you to confirm to you that He sent His Word and healed us, to confirm to you that you're standing on the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the Word of God, that you now have the ability to be a doer of truth. And when you are, Though everything else is shaken, will not be shaken, will not be shaken. Why? Because we have this assurance, the surety of the word of God. And last week we, we traveled from Hebrews 6 to about Hebrews 10 and we stayed and we looked at this oath that he gave. That he confirmed his word, his promise with an oath, sealed it in the blood of Christ. That Jesus became the assurance of a better covenant, the guarantee of a brand new life, the guarantee that I'm a brand new creation. Jesus, this living word that I'm now born out of has become my life. And that's what the Holy Ghost is quickening within me. If we go to, let's go to Romans 8. Kila masindalabasa. Why so stirred up? Because God is good to us. In verse 11, Romans 8. Actually, let's go to 9. But you are not in the flesh. You today are not the flesh, only of flesh and blood. You today are a spirit being. You today are a spirit man, spirit woman. You today are born from above. You today have a brand new mindset. You can think out of the mind of Christ. You today have a brand new eyesight, the sight of the word before whom will give an account of all things done in the flesh. You today have a brand new hearing, the hearing of the spirit, the hearing of faith to understand and to believe the love of God for you. And because you have the Holy Spirit, because you are born again, your identity is not your old man. You're not just mere man. And that's what Paul this is the passion in verse 8, right after chapter 7 of woe is me. I'm stuck in my old man. I'm stuck in this carnality. Every time I want to step out and do something for God, I'm bound and pulled back into this old mindset. But he comes to the end of chapter 7. But praise be to God that he, through the Lord Jesus Christ, has brought forth deliverance that I now have a brand new identity, the identity of the Spirit. And when I walk this walk of the spirit, which is the truth of the word of God. I am free from the law of sin and death that's bound this entire world. 
that's taking many to hell by a handbasket, but not us. And so we're going to run in and rescue them. We're going to go run in under the unction of the Holy Ghost and bring a word in due season, a word in due season, a word in due season. Not just a pity party, but a word in due season. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life. Why do we get animated with the word? Because the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, who is this word that became flesh? That's what's functioning in this word that became flesh, the law of life. The law of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, has made you free. Can we grasp it? We are free from the law of sin and death. We are far above. We've been rescued. We've been plucked out. We are now under the functioning law of a life that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we eat this word, when we take the bread of his body, this living word, we are becoming partakers of divine nature. We are fortifying our spirit man. And so today, eat the word. Today, breathe the word. Think and meditate the word of God because that is your life. We've been made free from the law of sin and death. And so that's why 9 then he says, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. You've been free from the carnality that was functioning under the law of sin and death. You've been rescued, Colossians says, out of that kingdom of darkness into a brand new kingdom of the son whom he loves. This word loves you today. This word loves you today. Receive the love of the word. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, he does dwell in us. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. And, it, and this is it. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if he, if he who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give a life to your mortal bodies, will give a life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you, through his spirit who dwells in you. Well, we just, he, going back to what we read in John, through his spirit who dwells in you, he's quickening our mortal bodies. Jesus tells us how that happens. By the Holy Spirit disclosing the word of life to us. The word of life is being disclosed to us so we can live evermore. This is not just a legalistic little book that you just have to read to make yourself feel good and, and make your pastor real happy. This is your divine reality. This is your portion in life. This is, this is, this is your sight. This is your sight. This is what keeps you looking straight onto Jesus. This is what keeps your mind thinking the thoughts of God. That no matter what it seems like, and there's a lot of things that seem like right now, we can't pick those up and survey them and analyze them 
and get animated by a lie? By something that's under the, under the function of the law of sin and death and think it's my portion. It's not my portion and it's not your portion in Christ. You've been freed today from the law of sin and death and what functions in you is the law of life. The law of the spirit of life that's found in Christ Jesus. Mighty Holy Spirit lives in you. No ache and pain which we really tolerate in our body. No ache and pain and how subtle these things are. We just, we just, we just, we just become so comfortable with the little aches and pains, with the little turmoil in our heads. We become so comfortable in living a reality that really has fallen short of the glory of this living word. And God says, come up higher. Go a little deeper. Hold on to this word of, hold on to this word of life. Actually, that's what he tells, I think, the Philippians. What's the Philippians? Yes, Philippians, Paul says in, in chapter 2, 16. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. When we hold on to this truth, when we hold on to this word of life, we never labor in vain. We never labor in vain. We never labor in vain. And what does he tell Timothy? Where is Timothy? In this last days, 2 Timothy chapter 3, in the last days. For, for know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Well, they are here now. They're here now. Hello, they're here now. Perilous times. For men will be what? Not lovers of God. Not lovers of the word of life. Not holding on to this word of life so they will have a confidence that the labor unto God is not in vain. But they have a confidence in the world. They're lovers of themselves. Confidence in what they can do, of how to survive in this hour. Confidence of how, how they'll have to finagle today's day to be able to finish somewhat okay. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, not lovers of God. The list goes on. Boasters, proud, blasphemers. Not once does he say in this last hour they've been lovers of the word of God. But we know there's a remnant. And we are that remnant. We are the lovers of the word of God and therefore lovers of God. Look at verse 4. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of Pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure. But he says, if the spirit of Christ is in you, not in the flesh. Don't gratify the lust of the flesh. But look at verse 5 in 2 Timothy 3. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. But denying the law of life that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Word of God. I said last week when we read the Gospels and we read about the life of Jesus, what, what, what uh, that communicates to us is this is how the Word of God manifests His power. This is how the Word of God 
manifests his power, that he teaches, that he preaches, and that he heals all the oppressed of the devil. All oppression is of the devil. All oppression. Don't get that line murky. All oppression is of the devil. Any oppression sitting on you today, it's not of God. Cast it out. Let the love of God flush out that fear. Cast it out. Take the word back in and say, he's not given me a spirit of fear. I don't have timidity in this hour, but a spirit of, what is it? Of power. Of power. Power. Of the word of God working mightily in me even as I believe. The Holy Spirit disclosing truth to me. Not believing a lie. Of love. That he so loved me that he laid down his life. So I can now live out his life. Of love and what? Of a sound mind, a disciplined mind. Oh, oh, to have a disciplined mind. And there's nothing. Nothing like the word of God bring discipline to your mind. Nothing else. I mean, you know, Paul says that um, exercise has some value. But really, at the end of the day, it's only the word of God that can renew our mind. Through the disclosure of the Holy Spirit. Through the disclosure of the Holy Spirit. Through the disclosure of the faithfulness of our God here in uh, 1 Timothy 4, 16. That's why he says, take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself, Timothy. Take heed to yourself, Desi. Take heed to yourself today. And to the doctrine, to the doctrine. Continue in them. Continue in this word of life. For in doing this, you save both yourself and those who hear you. So it's not just about us. It's even those that we communicate to. What are we communicating? Disgruntleness, anxiety, fretting, hopelessness, hopelessness, hopelessness. But we communicate this doctrine of the Word of God, this living reality of the Word of God. So now we're going to go into the message I had lined up here. Let's, let's go to Peter. Thank you, Father. First Peter. A lot of these verses we have read over and over and over, and now we'll just keep on reading them over and over and over until they become a reality over and over and over. Glory be to God. First Peter 1, 23. Actually, 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, that's how our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions are being purified. That is the renewing of our mind. It is by obeying the truth, is being a doer of the word of God, not just a mere hearer, but by obeying the truth, by doing the truth. By becoming a full expression of this living word. And thus now we are the very living epistles of Christ. The man can read. Oh my, my. What are they reading when they hear you? What are they reading when they see you? What are they reading? Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, 
Having been born again. Having been born again. We're like, oh, I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm born. You're born again. We're born again. Glory be, and glory be to God. We are born again. How did we come born again? Not of corruptible, not of perishable seed, but incorruptible, imperishable seed. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. This is how we've got our new birth. Through the word of God, which ever lives to make intercession for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted to look at the New Living Translation. I think I might have it open still. I was meditating it today at some point. Yeah, this morning. The New Living Translation For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the turning, from the eternal living word of God. Your life comes from the eternal living word of God. And that's why the title is Made Alive by the Word of God. It's not just a little cliche. It's not something because everyone else says it. It's what the word says. It's my reality that now my life, I'm born again and not to a life that will quickly end, but my new life, my death's life, my life, my life, your life, if you're born again, will last forever because it comes, it comes from the eternal living word of God, the amplified translation. For you have been born again, that is reborn from above, spiritually transformed. You're brand new, brand new, brand new. Just because you feel the same old feelings, just because you you have the same sensations, just because you you're so aware of your natural body, it does not negate the spiritual reality of being fully transformed, brand new. Oh my. So what that we have the same old feelings? We reckon them dead. They don't communicate reality anymore. But this eternal living word of God, the eternal living word of God, the eternal living word of God tells me I'm born again. I'm brand new. I have new life. I have new potential in God. I'm now called to be his beloved. I'm called, I'm above reproach. I'm beloved in his sight. I'm blameless. Blameless. What a reality. What a reality. Blameless because of that oath. Blameless because of that blood. Blameless because of its eternal living word that calls me God's own. Purchased, plucked out of Satan's grasp into life, into life. And then given dominion, seated far above every name and power, seated far above where he is. Oh my, dominion. To have a say-so, he gave you and I a say-so in the spirit. The Amplified. 
For you have been born again, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal. Can we, oh Father, pray you, open the eyes of our understanding. What he is saying to us. The way when we believed on Jesus, we became brand new. We became immortal. We were born. We were born from an immortal seed and therefore now are immortal. And this seed is that the living and everlasting word of God. So what fits me best then? What, what, what perfects me best then? What clothes me the best then? It is this word. That's why he says, clothe on, put on Christ. And do all that word put on is in do. It's, it's like putting on new clothes. Put on Christ. Put on the mind of Christ. Put on, put on this function of the word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to communicate to you. Don't hide from truth. Don't hide. I think one of my minutes actually this week, I, I titled it, Don't Hide, but Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Wow. If we just go to verse 21 there in First Peter 1, who through him believed Let's go a little bit higher. Verse 18. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things. We were not redeemed with corruptible things. We were redeemed with this imperishable word of God. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless. We used to be aimless in our conduct. Aimless. Wherever the wind took me, I went. Happily. So deceived, so deceived. But through this word of God, this, this word with purpose and intentionality, I am born again this, from this incorruptible divine reality. I wasn't redeemed with silver or gold from my aimless conduct received, received by the traditions from our fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he redeemed us so that I can now represent him in the same manner by which he redeemed me. I became his as he was the express image of his father. I am now to be the express image of my savior. From glory to glory, I undergo transformation so that I'll resemble this preciousness a lamb without blemish and without spot in a corrupt perverse generation how does one keep himself or herself is when you take the when you hide the word in your heart oh passion for the word oh passion for the word a passion for for this truth and there are moments where you fight for this reality to be your soul reality. Because your mind's bombarded. You, your ear gates, your, your, your eye gates are bombarded by a lie all the time. Everything in the world is subject to change. It's temporary. 
But we know that which is eternal. We just read that we're born out of this eternal living word of God. That which is eternal. What does Paul tell the Corinthians? It never passes away. It abides forever. It remains forever. It is stable to the very end. So I believe a temporary setup subject to change. Subject to change. A no who makes it subject to change, it's you refusing to believe a lie. At that moment, you're negating its power. And you're releasing the life of God. And it's through him now that we believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that our faith, your faith and hope are in God. And here regarding the word of God in verse 24, all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. Why would I be mesmerized by the glory of man of what so-and-so says? Why should I be mesmerized by the glory of, of this, this uh, boisterous talk that we find in the world? When we know that they are like the flower of the grass. The grass withers. Its flower falls away. But the word, the word of the Lord endures forever. So you have a choice. Will you listen to that which is passing away, which is temporal? Would you, would you listen to that which is going to fall away like a flower off the grass? And it's no more. The beauty is gone. The glory of it is gone. But the glory of the word of God, the glory of the firstborn son, oh, never tarnishes, immortal forever, glorious forever. So we will choose to be of those that are of the word of the Lord that endures forever. We are the period at the end of the sentence. An ending. Unending, abiding forever. There is constantly this law of Christ, of life in Christ, is constantly booing us up. It's constantly encouraging us, constantly propelling us forward, constantly communicating one truth. God's for me. God's for me. God lives in me. God lives in me. I'm born again of this divine reality. And Paul says, now this is the word which we, by the gospel, was preached, was preached to you. Therefore, verse, chapter 2, lay aside all malice. Oh, this, there's no need for it anymore. No need for malice. No need for deceit. No need for hypocrisy. No need for envy. Oh, evil speaking. There's no need anymore. Because that is vanity. That will pass away. So you can just put it aside. Just let it, just, just let it fall. But what are we supposed to do in verse 2? As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I want to grow in God. I want to grow in God. I want to know God better. I want to grow in, oh, you hear it. I, even myself. I want to grow in God. Well, right here, how do we grow? Desiring this word, pure milk, pure milk, pure milk. This word by which we grow thereby. This is how we grow. If 
if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. This word is grace to us. This word is not condemnation. And when we recognize that this word is grace to us, it's how we grow in that stature of grace as Jesus grew in that full stature. This is his grace. This is his life. And when I recognize, indeed, he says, when you've tasted that this is gracious, this word is gracious, you're growing, you're growing, you're growing. Because nothing now can separate you from this love of God. That is the word of God. Because you've recognized his word is gracious to me. The Lord is gracious to me. How do I know the Lord? I know him in his word. His word is gracious to me. And that's what makes us living stones because we're born out of this incorruptible, ever-living word of God in verse 4, coming to him as a living stone. Rejected indeed by men. Why do we struggle when men reject us? Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God. The emphasis is not rejected by men. The emphasis is I'm a living stone chosen by God and precious and precious in his sight. Chosen by God and precious. We live life before God, who has already accepted us in his beloved. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house and recognize the word to this being built up a spiritual house is the word of God. Also, in Jude, we recognize praying in the Holy Spirit is also a building up as an edifice. You're building yourself up. As you read the word, you're building yourself up. We want strong living stones today. We want strong living stones today. Being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, actually even the focus that we are being built up, a holy priesthood we are, to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God. So all that we do, we have to be mindful, it is to be acceptable to God. It's a spiritual sacrifice. You know what it looks like? Reckoning my old man dead. Laying down my old life. Putting off the old man. And putting on the new man. Putting on the armor of Christ. Putting on the armor of God. Putting on the brand new mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a spiritual sacrifice. That is acceptable to God. And he just continues, he just continues, continues, continues. Look, 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 if we go to verse 8, the, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And then Paul says, they stumble. Why do they stumble? Being disobedient to the word. There's nothing 
unsettling like a stumble, like you walk and then suddenly you stumble, like you lose your balance and you're about to fall and you, you catch yourself. Stumbling. Stumbling. How we stumble is being disobedient to the word of God, not being doers of the word. Makes us stumble. Makes us irrational. Make, make, makes, us, makes us inconsistent. Stumbling. And so that's a quick fix-up. Quick fix-up. We go back to what he just said to us in chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk. How do we prevent stumbling? Desire the pure, pure milk. Desire the word of truth. Desire the word of truth. The word of life. Hold on to that word of life. That you may grow thereby. That your life may be, may be purified. That your life resembles that pure lamb of God that is blameless without fault, above reproach. Only the word washes us. Only the word renews our mind. Only the word gives us life and an assurance of life in this hour. Everything else is sinking sand. Everything else is not to be trusted. Not to be trusted. But the word of God is to be trusted. Perfect. I just did one, two verses from my notes. That's all right. Let's go to chapter four in Hebrews and we'll wrap it up there. Actually, actually, no. I'm sorry. Um, in, in first Peter two, let's stay first Peter two for a little bit and we'll do, maybe we'll do Hebrews four next week. Verse nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation. But you are a chosen generation. Well, we just read that, that we're the chosen of God, right? We've been handpicked by God. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Do you know what makes us special? It's this incorruptible seed of the word of God. Makes us peculiar. Makes us uh, sound different. Makes us think above. Makes us think above reproach. That we always think the best of another. In accordance with the love of God. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. He called you out of darkness. He called you out of this place of the stumbling. He called you out of this place of groping in the dark, not knowing which way you're going into his marvelous light. And we know that his word is light. It's a lantern. It's a light unto our path. It's illuminating our way. This word is the light that we live by and abide in. Who, this regarding us, who was, were not a people, but are now the people of God. Why? Because we got born again from this incorruptible seed of the word of God. We have now become the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now you and I have obtained mercy. And we'll finish with Colossians. And we'll do Hebrews and the rest next week. But Colossians ties in well and it's a quick close. Colossians 1, 1, 9. We finish. For this reason, we also, 
since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. This is Paul's prayer. This is what we pray. We don't cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, which is his word. His word is his will. To be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. How do we increase in the knowledge of God? Well, Peter told us by desiring this pure milk of the word that we grow thereby. (laughs) Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We are the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Just like Peter said, we've been rescued. We've been delivered out of the power of darkness and conveyed us, transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption, in whom we have this brand new birth through his blood and forgiveness of sin. And so today, because of this word, you know that you have redemption. Today, because of this word, you know that because of his blood, you have forgiveness of sin. Today, because of this word, you know that you're now no longer in darkness. Today, because of this word, you know that you live now in this brand new kingdom of the son of his love. Today, because of this word, you know that you have the ability to be strengthened in your inner man with all might according to his glorious power. Oh, glory be to God. And so that's why we have a confidence in the word because it's telling us that we have been qualified to be partakers of our God and his kingdom. That is why we abide in the word so we can know and grow in this knowledge in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And this is our life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are done. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Glory be to God.